Hey, hey, sister. So today's episode is power packed. But before I get into who I have with me here today, I want to ask a favor from you because I love you so much. And this would mean the world to me. So if you can press pause right now and leave me some love, leave a review on iTunes. That would mean everything to me. I want more people to hear this podcast, to hear what I have to share, what my guests have to share and really get a lot out of it. And so when you leave a review, make sure you take a screenshot and just email it to info at spiritualbossbabe.com because I have a special gift that I want to send you. So once you do that, Take a screenshot, email me, and I'll shoot you over some goody gifts. All right. So in today's episode, I have the amazing Veronica Grant here with me. And holy shit, this conversation is epic. Veronica is a love coach for successful women who feel like they have it all except for love. So in this episode, we go through, we talk about so many different things from the good, the bad, and the ugly with growing your coaching business to dating and relationships for entrepreneurs to healing inner child wounds. And honestly, this is all intertwined because it really all comes back to you and healing your inner child, reparenting yourself, giving yourself what you need so that you can experience everything that you want in your outer world, your relationships, your business, everything. So seriously, I think you should probably take notes because Veronica shares so many golden nuggets throughout this episode. So let me know when you listen, what your big takeaways are. And as always, also don't forget to check out the show notes so that you can know where to find Veronica and check out her amazing work. Take her quiz at the end of this episode. So let me know when you listen. Tag me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe. So without further ado, let's welcome Veronica onto the show. Welcome to the spiritual boss babe podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. Hey, hey, Veronica. Thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited for you to share your magic with my audience and appreciate you for taking the time. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here too. Yeah. I I have so many different directions I want to go as we were talking about right before this. All the juicy topics, entrepreneurship, love, living your best life. So I get, I always have people kind of share like what, and I know this is like such a long question. What is like, what drew you into helping women really find love and the fulfillment that they're wanting to call into their life? What is your backstory? Because I know we all have a journey and it's probably pivoted many ways. I've find that's common for people. And I'm always curious to hear like what that looks like. Yeah. So I think a lot of people can probably relate, but this is totally happened by accident. <laughs> <Just> not, 
five years ago or 10 years, like, I'm going to be a love coach one day. Like that was not (laughs) something I said. Um, I started as, I think a lot of coaches, they start as health coaches and that's what I was doing. I had been teaching um, fitness classes, spinning, um, yoga for a long time. And I really loved it and I wanted to do something full-time with it. And um, couldn't really find a job full-time doing that. Also, I didn't really want to just be running around teaching class after class. Mm. And so my friend suggested, she's like, why don't you just be a health coach? I have a friend who does that and she does that plus teaching yoga. And I'm like, oh my God, that sounds dreamy. And so that's what I did. I um, went to health coaching school. I um, started my business and the first year of health coaching was just like a total flop. <laughs> I got a client like right out of the gate. And then I don't think I signed another client on for like six or seven months. So it was, it was a difficult year financially, then emotionally, everything. Um, but I did have some savings saved up. And so I worked with this coach who totally changed my life. She was like a life and business coach. And she just, her whole philosophy in business is like, follow the breadcrumbs, follow the breadcrumbs. And what had been happening is I have been getting a lot of messages um, or just like comments and passages from women um, in my community that I was building, just weren't, they weren't paying me, but the community I did have, they would say things to me like, I just really want to lose weight, Veronica, so I can go out and date. Or I just don't want to put myself out there when I look like this. And I just kept hearing things like that over and over again. And at that point, I was just like, not even really thinking about it. I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Got it. Um, and then one of my friends, I was living in Dallas at the time, invited me to lunch because basically she wanted me to like give her some advice about the love situation that she was in. Um, so I was telling my coach all this and she was like, obviously like she saw it then I didn't see it. And she just like, was like, hold up Veronica, do you, do you see what's happening here? And I'm like, no, what? But all I know is I can't get a freaking client. So like what's going on? <laughs> um, and, she, and she's like, people are coming to you for relationships and dating. And I was like, yeah, what's your point? <laughs> and she's like, have you ever thought about being like a dating coach or a relationship coach and coming at it from the perspective of like, like self-love and like loving your body and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, no, but like people don't like hire dating coaches. That's not a thing. Turns out it was a thing. Um, and so I pivoted, um, my business has never really been the same ever since it's grown pretty quickly over the past four years since I made that switch. But, um, it was really just following the breadcrumbs, but also having that coach on my side to help me see when I was just like so focused on like making something that was working that just clearly wasn't working. And someone's over here saying like, Hey, you got some breadcrumbs. You might want to check out and see what's going on over there. Wow. I love that. I I really like, I really think that like a lot of people listening will love that little golden nugget right there of following the breadcrumbs because, and I never thought of it that way, but it's so true. And I have a similar backstory as you. I used to teach fitness classes. I was a personal trainer. And then I found out about like a, an MLM doing health and fitness coaching online. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. And I had my pivot as well um, into the coaching world. And so I think that that's a really powerful like way to go into it. And it also shows that um, when something's aligned for you, it's going to like keep popping up and then you're going to know. Yeah. With, like, so once you decided to shift into that direction, did it feel easier? Did it like, did it feel different? Cause I know for me, in my experience, it was like challenging to make the pivot 
I was like, I don't want to give up fitness, but I'm not giving it up. But you know, honestly, I um, we had a, we were on a coaching call, and that's when she said, "Hey, whole breadcrumb thing." And by the end of the call, I was like, "I'm I'm ready. I'm on board." Like, <laughs> and and that's because health coaching felt difficult to me. Again, like I said, I wasn't really getting clients. I think I got at this point, I probably had three clients, like total in a period of like eight or nine months. So that's like, you know, do the math, you know, unless you're charging like $30,000 a client, that's not a lot of money. Um, and so I was already kind of burnt out and exhausted. Um, and I remember there'd be nights where, you know, I send my, I send my newsletter out on Thursday mornings. And so there'd be like Wednesday nights where I'd be like, Oh God, I have to write a blog post. And it just felt like pulling out teeth. I just hated it. And I'm like, Oh, I hate writing this. I can't imagine what it'd be like to read it. Um, and so it did really feel hard. And so I think I was just, I was happy to have something totally just to try something different because what I was doing just wasn't working. And I think the reality is that it just wasn't really in my fullest alignment. Cause once, you know, this, this coach, she helped me also like work on life stuff and my own stuff. And what we discovered is my, you know, the body image dysmorphia and, you know, lack of self-esteem and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't just about being a certain size or looking a certain way. It was actually very much connected with, with boys and men um, when, I was, when I was younger and getting attention and validation that way through my body. And so it kind of all just, it was very closely linked together. And so it, it, it actually just kind of made more sense to talk about dating, but from the perspective of like, you can date no matter what size you are, like, um, and, 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 and going from, from that place. And so once I switched over, I mean, I still have just like ideas for podcasts and blogs just like coming out of my ears. Like I just, I, I, I haven't gotten bored of talking about it yet. And it's been four years. So, so far so good. Whereas like after four months, I was like, I am so done with health coaching. And so for me, it just feels easy. Um, and I think honestly, I was just ready to let it go because the health coaching piece just felt so hard and it wasn't working. Um, and it also just wasn't in alignment with what I, what my healing path was and, and then what I was being called to do mm. in the world. <laughs> can you, I just saw that. Um, can you share like, if you are aware of like what that difference was between it not feeling aligned or it just being hard and like, cause you know, cause I know that like some people listening, people listening are in like different parts of their journey with their business growth or whatever. And sometimes, as you know, as an entrepreneur, it can be really crazy in the beginning and you can have those a lot more doubts and fears and it may seem hard, but you want to keep going because, you know, consistency is everything. So what was that like determining factor for you between um, it being hard as being a sign of like, this isn't in alignment versus this is just too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it felt, that's an interesting question. Um, I'm just feeling into what it felt like in my body. It just felt like a lot of efforting. Like I was just pushing a rock uphill and I was trying to make something work. And it almost felt like a little desperate. Like it just, everything felt hard. Like it felt hard to come up with an idea of mm-hmm. a blog post. It felt hard to write the post. It felt hard to get clients. I mean, I remember like the lowest point of that year for me was I 
was going to do a beta coaching program. And the program was like six weeks and like six group calls or something like that. It was, and it costs, um, $50. It was, you know, (laughs) the price was right. It was very low, Mm -hmm. but I just needed to like practice and kind of prove some concepts and just get some clients so I could start getting testimonials and get more stuff on my website, you know, for future clients. And I had, you know, one-on-one chats with people, like actual sales calls with people about the program and not one person signed up. And obviously at that point, it wasn't about the money because it was 50 freaking dollars for (laughs) six weeks. And that was kind of the point where I was just like, is this really working? Like everything just felt hard. Not to say that there's aren't, there aren't challenging things in my business now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are days, you know, when there are periods where I'm launching something or just busier periods where it just feels hard because I'm maybe like a little tired and maybe normally I wouldn't like to be working this much, but I'm just in that kind of season right now. But it feels fun and I'm excited to put the content out into the universe because mm-hmm. I know that it'll help people. Um, and so, you know, one thing that my, that I just like really always ask myself is like, or tell myself is let it be easy mm-hmm. or how can I make it easy or what feels easy and then, and then do those things. And when I was doing the health coaching, like nothing felt easy. Wow. Um, and then when I switched over to relationship and dating coaching, I saw that everything felt easy. Um, one thing that felt easy or excuse me, that didn't feel easy was like doing webinars and making mm-hmm. slides. Yeah. Like, that just feels like torture. <laughs> I hate making slides. I don't even do, like I have someone else and do so it just, now. Yeah. And so like, I, and I just don't do it anymore. I'm just like, screw it. <laughs> and honestly, like I have done it before and I don't think those convert as well mm-hmm. as when it's just me and my people and they see my face and we're doing a meditation and they're just like, it feels more like a conversation or like I'm having just like a one-on-one call with them. So I don't even... Like, I just don't do slides anymore. It just feels too... Yeah, I don't either. I love that you say that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Because at first I was like, Should, shouldn't I be doing slides and blah, blah, Because everyone teaches it and that's what you're I, supposed to do. That's what everyone yeah. does. And so like sometimes I'll have like a little visual thing that I'll pull up like from an old, you know, yeah. but I'd rather be talking. But I again... It's like, unless you have like an actual visual where you want to show something... Yeah. Like, then it makes sense. But if you just have slides because you feel like you're supposed to have slides, then I think it's a crutch. It's kind of like when you're public speaking, like you're not really supposed to have slides unless like you literally need to show a visual because otherwise it's just a crutch, I think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and also like everyone, like what works for one person might not work for the other or whatever. Something might work better. But I, like, I love how you explained that you did a, this is like made it super clear. It's like that, this heaviness feeling, it seems like when, and, and I can relate cause I, I've, I can relate to everything that you're saying because I've felt that too of like that lighter feeling when you do feel in alignment, that feeling of, I just want to create, this is fun. This is like, even if I wasn't like quote unquote making money or whatever, like I still love sharing this and doing this and being in that energy actually like obviously helps you make the money doing it too. And of course the mindset stuff going along with it. Yeah, totally. And also just people listening, like if you love making slides and they work for you, then like (laughs) do it. That's my my point is, is like what feels easy. And if it doesn't feel easy, can you give yourself permission? to just, you know, let it go. That was one of the greatest lessons I've learned in my business. 
mm-hmm. of like, how can I make this more fun and easy? Or am I doing things that are draining my energy right now? What is the best and most valuable use of my time and energy is like the most, the best question I began asking myself. Totally. Totally. So thank you for sharing that. Lots of golden nuggets already. <laughs> so do you find I that... Pretty, I try to be pretty vulnerable and just share all the, the good, bad, and the ugly. But let's be honest, the first few years of business were mostly ugly. So yeah. <laughs> that's what I wanted to hear. Especially, I mean, I always want to hear it, but especially when I was starting out, because I felt like, why does everyone you know, know what they're doing, getting clients, making money, and I suck? And it's, that's not true, right? But mm-hmm. so I just, I try to be as real as possible. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And sometimes I forget like how ugly it was at points in the beginning because it's because it's like those awkward moments of like trying to figure it all out or like wondering what to do or how to do it or whatever. Um, When really at the essence, it's just, I, I feel personally like that the most important thing to focus on in the very beginning or and in the whole time is like just getting your message out there like just showing up yeah and like letting it unfold and not and like letting go of needing to know all the details ahead of time totally which is the hardest thing obviously because people are wanting to grow their business and make money to pay the bills and leave their job or whatever so gotta be in it for the long haul Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I always just say, um, you know, be of service. Mm-hmm. You know, am I posting this thing because I want to get a bunch of likes or whatever? Or I just want to show off that I'm in some cool place or whatever. Or is it of service? Yeah. In some way? I mean, and the service can be doesn't necessarily have to be like relationship or dating advice. You know, in my example, it can just be I'm going to offer my service today. It's like something funny, yeah. <laughs> like a funny story or a cute picture just to bring a smile to someone's face or something inspirational. But, you know, so I just try to check, check myself like, and notice like when I'm not really being of service anymore, especially, and I, and I try to get into that mindset, especially when I'm like, where are the clients? Like, why isn't this launch going the way you want it to go? Or like, whatever it is. And instead like, okay, how can I just be of service and let go of everything else? Yeah, that's a good place to be in. It changes everything. Mm -hmm. Do you find that um, a lot of the people that you work with are like, are they all different types of like women in different fields, career fields, points of their life? Is it people that are like single women mostly that you work with or like relationships? Yeah. Yeah. It's mostly single. It's mostly, um, women looking for, um, a man, not a hundred percent. Um, it's funny when I started my business, I thought that I would work with women mostly in their twenties. That's not true. I work with women mostly in their thirties and forties. And I would say maybe like maybe two thirds or 60% or so um, have never been married. And you would just call it like they feel the clock or hear the clock, whatever your opinion is about the biological clock. They just put themselves under that pressure Mm -hmm. or society does too. Um, And so I would say that's a good number of my clients who've never been married and want to be married and want to have kids. And then I have a good chunk of clients that are already have kids and they are divorced and maybe in their forties, maybe upper thirties, but forties, maybe fifties, um, and wanting to meet 
a new partner and also like healing from their marriage, um, also have kids to play, you know, just a role in that as well. Um, and in terms of feel like they're all, they're all over the place. I mean, I do, I do work with entrepreneur women, um, and a lot of women who work in corporate, um, and, um, and then, you know, service-based, um, people like, like I have some, it's really interesting actually working with clients who are therapists or mm. psycho- psychologists, um, cause they do similar work, but it's also really different. You know, I've had a couple of doctors, I just have everything. Wow. Um, it's, it's really just as long as they're wanting to find a lifelong partnership, um, and haven't been able to, that's really what my, what my jam is. And I would say like most of my women feel like they have everything else in their life figured out where it's going well. And it's just this one piece mm. that I haven't figured out yet or keep putting on the back burner. And obviously that's their love life piece. Do you find that there's like a common theme of like why that is? Yes. <laughs> I would love to hear. <laughs> so um, the, the way I, I work with clients is I'm not like a I'm not like a relationship or love coach where we don't really talk about profiles that much. I don't really talk about texting. I don't really talk about oh well you should say this or whatever. <laughs> what I do is I help women look at what their patterns are and their blocks are through past relationships mm-hmm. and not just romantic relationships but family relationships, friendships, coworkers, employers, employees, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I look for where some of the core wounds are that are getting played out over and over again as an adult. So for example, if someone grew up and it felt like growing up felt like walking on eggshells, um, you know, and if they stepped on an eggshell, it would set off their mom and like have a tantrum or dad would get really pissed off for no good reason or whatever. And so that created a pattern or a block now in their adult life, if it hasn't been checked, that they don't really want to ask for what they want or what they need from their partner because they're afraid it might set that person off. Mm -hmm. And they probably even attracted someone who does have a tendency to set somebody or to get set off um, because that just feels comfortable. It's It's what they feel like love is on a deeper unconscious level, even though we know like consciously that's not real love. Um, and so my work is what I call doing inner child work. Uh, I mean, I didn't make up that word, but I use that tool, inner child work to really so help powerful. them. Yeah. To really go back and heal those core wounds so that you can shift your pattern in present time. Um, because without, I believe that without doing that work, and this is the theme where it doesn't matter who my client is, what their pattern is, what they want, it doesn't matter. It just does not matter. This is where you always start. Um, and, and it always comes back to, to inner child work. And so I just gave obviously one example. Um, but it also could be like, you came from a really well-off family and there wasn't like a lot of yelling or whatever, but maybe you just, everything was very surface level and there wasn't like depth or maybe your parents never really said, I love you. Like actually words, those words to you. And so now you're attracting emotionally unavailable guys because that's the, that's as far as you're able to connect with someone because that's what you grew up with, right? Mm-hmm. So this affects, you know, because a lot of times people say, well, you know, Veronica, I didn't come from, like there was any trauma, there wasn't any divorce or a death or anything like that. So I don't know how this applies. And like, it applies. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just might look very, um, very different. So this is like the thing that I start with my clients and we spend a good amount of time 
doing it. Even if like my client comes to me and they're like, oh, this thing happened, you know, online. I was like messaging with this guy on Bumble and then like da-da-da happened. And I wouldn't even really talk about that thing that happened because yeah, I could maybe coach them through that specific situation on Bumble. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, that's just like a Band-Aid. Instead, I would be like, okay, the situation on Bumble, it triggered you. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that remind you of? When have you felt like that before? Yeah, and get then to the really go deep <laughs> from freaking Bumble or Tinder or whatever. <laughs> but then like the next time something like that happens, then you're able to, to work through it and it doesn't have to trigger you. Um, or you can just avoid the situation from the beginning because you're not going to maybe attract that kind of person or, or whatever it is. Um, but that's the only way, in my opinion, to really begin to shift your patterns and your habits mm-hmm. in present time. Because otherwise, you're either just using Band-Aid solutions or you're using willpower and neither one of those things work in the long run. Yeah. Inner child healing work is life-changing. It's like, that was like... Totally the pivotal thing for me in all areas, including relationships. And um, I feel like the the work is never ending. Like even when you're in a relationship yeah. too, like, um, like I'm in a relationship now, it's amazing. And I still, like I, I have things that come up within me at times. And it's like really a gift to have that awareness once you develop that like, understanding yourself more and the inner child of like having the awareness of saying like, oh, wow. Okay. Like this is my shit that's coming up. Like, Mm -hmm. what do I need to give myself in this moment? What do I need to communicate in this moment? And it's uh, teaching me a lot more than I've learned (laughs) ever. Totally. Yeah. And that's how relationships are really like an opportunity for growth, whether it's dating or being in a you know, in a committed partnership or something in between, there's always opportunities for growth. If you allow yourself that opportunity, you know, like allowing yourself that opportunity looks like, okay, like basically asking yourself the questions you just asked yourself, not allowing yourself the opportunity is like, I feel like crap. So I'm going to go watch Netflix Mm -hmm. (laughs) or, or something like that. And look, we've all done it. Like no shame for anyone. If you're doing it, like literally this minute or done it before I've done it. We all, we've all done it. Um, But I think that a lot of times, we do this work and then we find ourselves being triggered or maybe attracting the kind of person we don't want to attract. And we're like, damn it, I've done this. Like, why isn't this fixed? Or like, what the hell? And it's a lifelong process. I'm like, once you're, once you're in the jungle, you're never getting out. Like once you see the light, like once you see like what inner child work can do, you're just going to keep peeling back more and more layers. Like you can like in 20 years, I would fully expect someone who's been doing this for 20 years to fully expect like, Oh, wow, okay, now I'm making that realization between that thing that happened when I was five years old and this old pattern. And it's just another opportunity for healing because um, there's no destination. There's You're not never done with this work. There's no place to, yeah. to be. It's just part of the process. Do you think that um, just like bringing awareness to it and, and, like, un- and seeing it is like enough to shift it? Or is there like- I think it depends. Like, I think it depends on, oh, first of all, it depends on the person, depends on the situation. I think awareness can shift a lot, but it's usually not enough. Yeah. Uh, I would say having awareness can begin to shift some things. And it's often like the lowest hanging fruit, the things yeah. that feel easiest. Because um, when you have the awareness and you can see it, then often you can like actually change the pattern or change or change really the behavior or the habit or the thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, one thing that I always say, to my, you know, potential clients and say like, I'm like 
pretty woo, you know, like I'm, we're going to do meditation. We're going to talk about inner child work and like the universe and all that kind of stuff. But I'm also super, super tangible and practical. So like the only focus on, you know, the woo stuff, then I just feel like you're going to like float off into the ether and it's like, Hey, come back down to earth, you know? Um, But if you only focus on like, I'm going to do this next time, or I'm going to say this or think these thoughts, then you're only using willpower. And depending on your own personal relationship with willpower that might work <laughs> for like a few weeks, if you're lucky, a few months, but it's obviously doesn't, I don't think that results in lifelong change. Um, so I do think you have to do both. And so I think that doing the inner child work really helps to bring awareness. But when you keep doing it, then, and then you become aware of like, okay, like, like one, th- one question I always ask my clients is how old are you acting right now? So in that situation on Bumble or whatever, again, the situation was. That's like how such old a good you- question. <laughs> like how old, how old are you acting? How, how old do you feel? And so like, let's say the reaction for whatever this made up situation is on Bumble, you just go into panic, like, oh my God, does he like me or whatever? Mm-hmm. And maybe you're acting like, your eight-year-old self who was craving attention from dad, but you never got attention from dad because he was always working or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And then you can ask yourself, okay, so that's what eight-year-old self would do. What would 38-year-old self do? Mm -hmm. And then literally write down the beliefs, write down the actions, write down all of that stuff. And then like literally keep that list with you if you need. And then when you find yourself going into eight-year-old reaction, just pull out the list like, okay, this is what 38-year-old your old self would do. But that only works when you're also doing the healing work, which is like the letter writing to your inner child, the meditation, the talking out loud, all that kind of stuff. If you're only focused on the actions, then you're really only focused on, you're only using willpower. And that becomes a lot easier to do when you do that healing work, because that begins to shift your subconscious beliefs. And most of our behaviors, habits, thoughts, all those kind of things um, stem from unconscious Pretty much like fairly unconscious, right? So like that's why doing the actual inner child healing work is super important to change your habits because that's where most of your habits come from. And then you can throw in the conscious shifts as well as you become aware of when you're falling into eight-year-old habits versus 38-year-old habits. Does that make sense? No, it makes total sense. I'm like so into the inner child stuff. I do a lot of this work with my clients too, because you know, you can apply it to anything like um, oh yeah. So I help mostly uh, entrepreneurs and people grow in their business. Um, we do like a lot of mindset and manifestation stuff, and it, it really does all stem back to like healing the inner child, reparenting yourself, so that you can develop emotional intelligence to be able to create the life that you want, attract the relationship you want. Uh, create the success and abundance you want. So it really, you can apply inner child healing to, to everything. And it's, totally. it's, it's beautiful uh, when you apply it to relationships as well, because obviously like, I feel like, you know, you can learn so much, just so much more from having a mirror of someone else. But I do also believe that, well, in my, in my opinion, or for me, I definitely believe that the other person should like be into growth as well. It's mm-hmm. harder. I know that there's some people where like their partner's not on board. I don't know what you would say in that situation, but for me, oh, we can, I'm we can like, that's a deal breaker, man. Like you got to be as into, for me, like you got to be as into growth, maybe not, whatever. You have to be on a growth path and committed to it for yourself first. Yeah. 
Otherwise, I feel like we either grow together or we grow apart. That's yeah. just the, how I feel about it. Totally. So I have a couple of things to say. So the first thing I always say, I just like to preface this, is because a lot of times we have, I think, unfair expectations. And I'm going to talk here for a woman seeking man. I'm just going to talk there mm-hmm. for a second. But um, we have unfair expectations sometimes on men because as women, we forget that the self-help industry is largely an industry created by women for women. Mm. Right. And not to say that there aren't coaches out there that there's a siren going by. I don't know if you can hear it. Sorry. <laughs> not bad. Um, um, not to say there's not male coaches out there or just coaches in general for men and specific with men issues. I mean, there are, but they're definitely not as numerous as, I mean, even business coaches, so many business coaches are for women, right. Mm-hmm. Or women entrepreneurs. Um, so I think there's, you have to keep that in mind yeah. first of all. Um, and I think it's also important to understand that the way masculine feminine energy works, and obviously we, we all, everyone has a balance of both in their own unique, you know, constitution or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes a man's growth is going to look different from totally. a woman's growth. And I spent the first few years of my relationship um, trying to push my husband, he was my boyfriend at the time, trying to push my then boyfriend um, into what I perceived as like spiritual growth or whatever. Mm -hmm. And really what that made me end up being was kind of a bitch, right? Like for lack of a better term, like I was just basically like I would get a lot of benefit from doing a meditation or doing some workshop or doing inner child stuff or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh my God, I've got to get Stevie on board. And it came from a good (laughs) place. Right. Because like, I was like, this feels amazing. I want him to have this realization and feel amazing. And so I would try to push it on him. But in the way that I did it, it didn't come from a place of that, hey, I experienced this thing. I want you to experience it too. It came from a place of like, hey, I'm thinking you're a little broken here and you need to like, uh, right? And that can be really emasculating yeah. for, for a man. Um, and also I wasn't really then walking my talk, right? Like I was supposed to be like this super compassionate, open, self-accepting person for myself. But then when it came to other people, I was gonna be all judgy-wudgy mm-hmm. when it came to like, my partner not doing the self-help that I thought he should be doing. And so that was like more of my own stuff than like an actual problem within the relationship. So I just like to say that because there's a lot of like, there's just like, there's just, I mean, it's like a big question I get. A lot of women are really frustrated by, by this, but I think that the most important thing you can do, whether you're in a partnership or you are looking to call in a partnership is to really like, you know, to be the change that you want or that you seek. Because if you're coming out at a place of like, oh, well, I've done this and I know better, I know best, or it's got to be this way, then, you know, whether you're seeking a man or a woman, no one wants to be put in that position. It feels gross. Totally. It doesn't feel gross. It just feels horrible. Yeah. Um, and, and so the most important thing I think is really like, you know, if you're really supposed to be part of this work is really all about self-love, self-acceptance, right? Then like, that's what you have to be with your partner, wherever they are mm-hmm. on their, on their journey. Um, that being said, I do think that if you're not growing, you're shrinking. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that it's important. I think a, if you just like really exude this energy of growth and like 
awareness and all that kind of stuff, like you're naturally going to attract that into your life. Mm -hmm. If you're already in a partnership and you're like feeling that shift or whatever, I think there's a lot of things you can do. I can talk about that, but I I think at that point, the still the most important thing is just even more lean into walking your, walking your talk. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think you can have a conversation basically like, you know, what you said earlier, like, you know, I, I, I feel like if we're not growing together, then we're growing apart and we can be on our own path. And maybe for you, like your growth really takes place at the CrossFit gym. I don't know, like whatever it is or hiking or whatever. Um, but whatever it is, like, I just feel like there needs to be some sort of like desire to grow as a person, mm-hmm. you know, and then you just, if, and if the other person's not on board, then you have to make a call. But I think most people do desire growth because the yeah. contraction doesn't sound or feel good. But I think we have to be open to what it looks like. Like, like my husband is never going to go to a self-help. <laughs> I mean, I could probably get him to go to like a couple's thing. Like probably, like he'd, yeah, he'd be, he would definitely do that. Now, I know for sure he would do that because we've done like little things like that, like at yoga studios. But like he would never on his own sign up for something like that. At least not now. I mean, who knows what will happen in the future. Mm-hmm. But what I do know is that he um, really has the need to like express creatively. Mm-hmm. And so he's always like making little word, woodwork things or he's, he's, um, he, he goes to the pottery studio like twice a week and is like bringing home all these things all the time. Like mm-hmm. um, we're going to start selling them. So we have so much pottery now around our house. Um, you know, he's taking up photography, starting a side business with that. And like all of those forms are forms of growth. Mm-hmm. It may not be like a new moon ceremony where I'm, he's lighting stage, but that might just be what works for me. And it doesn't have to work for him. Mm-hmm. I love that. I feel like you can go a lot of different directions with that. Like, oh, totally. <laughs> I really... I really love how you explain things. I feel like so much golden nuggets keep coming out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think like just the, have the, the each person having the desire to grow as an individual is, is important. I've been in both situations. I've been with someone in the past who um, was a great person, just uh, was not really on like a growth path. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, it became to that point of me having to, to kind of decide, you know, what to do because it yeah. was like, I w- wanted to communicate certain things and it was challenging not being heard. And with, I don't know, it was like, and again, I was at a different place in my journey and my point in my life at that time as well. And I love, love, love how you pointed out that if, you know, as you're doing the work and as you're opening up and being aware and like doing that for you, you're going to naturally attract, you know, someone who's aligned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you're in a relationship, I think it'll help to bring out those pieces, but I just like can't emphasize enough how much of a mistake it is to, you know, start pointing out things like, oh, yeah. well, you're doing that because you got triggered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, that, that's a good way to start an argument. <laughs> yeah. And also, no one wants to be told that they're triggered. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and also a good way to create disconnect. And that's obviously the opposite of usually what most people want and why we do this work is to create connection. So when you kind of use that against them, it actually creates disconnection. Mm. Do you also like guide people with like holding space for each other? Because like that's a whole nother kind of 
topic mm-hmm. and like being able to hold space for one another. Mm. You mean like in the, you mean like in the sense of like doing this growth work or like yeah, like for example, like if one partner is feeling a certain way and they express that sometimes they just need to be heard and allowed to feel the way they feel yeah without the other person taking it on as their own yeah i don't do too much of that because i don't work with couples that much i mean okay. i'm exploring so my yeah. own relationship yeah, yeah but like i don't i don't i don't really coach i mean i have some people or some clients who are in relationship but it's really more just about them and their growth and not really about the couple. Yeah. Very cool. I love like the direction that you go with all of this, like the, just the inner work, the soft love, the inner child stuff. It's really powerful. I feel like we went through so so many different directions on here, but it was so good because like a lot of people listening, they're obviously mostly women, like 99% (laughs) women who are, you know, just like wanting to create an epic life, an epic business and epic relationships. And I feel like this, like you shared so much that can speak to, to, to those listening in like such a deep, expansive way, because a lot of the stuff that you were sharing again, like you can apply it in, in so many different areas. Totally. Yeah. And that's the thing that people always discover when they come work with me. It's like, it's about the dating, but it's, it's also not at all about the dating. Um, I've got a dog with the cone behind me <laughs> shaking off now. Um, it's, it's about dating, but it's also not about dating. And it's not that surprising to me when I have clients come to me and say like, oh, like, you know, if they had a business or have a business, like, oh, like I've had so much growth the past year or whatever. Or like if they have, if they're in corporate, like, oh my God, I got that job that I never thought I would get, or I got that salary that I never thought I would get or whatever it is. And because at the end of the day, it all comes down to self-worth and your salary, your revenue, (laughs) your love life is all going to be reflective of where you put yourself on the self-love meter. Yes. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this and for sharing your message and your magic. Is there so anything else that you want to share with everyone? Where can people find you? Yeah. So if anyone's listening and they feel like there's something blocking them in love but isn't sure what it is, I actually have a quiz to help you figure mm-hmm. it out. Um, I've found there to be four main types of blocks that block women out of love. So you can go to take that quiz at veronicagrant.com forward slash quiz. Um, and I have a podcast where I actually coach clients on the air. So you can listen to that and you can actually get a lot from listening to other people being coached. And that's called the Love Life Connection. And then I hang out on Instagram. So feel free to DM me. I'm, I'm living in my DMs pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Veronica E. Grant there if you want to come say hi or ask a question. Awesome. I will put all of those links in the show notes. I think that's an epic idea to have your client conversations on your podcast, by the way. Yeah. I'm excited to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Veronica, so much. This was an amazing conversation and so many. I hope you guys were taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, I appreciate you so much for taking the time to share and to just hang out and chat. Yeah. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at thespiritualbossbabe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day. Thank you.